Today on the Inside Scoop, an exclusive interview with one of the top defensive linemen in the country, LJ McCray of Mainland High School down in Florida, joins the Inside Scoop. We're also going to talk linebacker Chris Cole out of Virginia. He announces this weekend Auburn adds a big piece to their 2024 class. And of course, we're talking Deion Sanders. He tried to tell you guys all offseason he's coming. But some of y'all didn't listen. Colorado went out on Saturday and not only beat TCU, but they looked really good doing it. And we're going to talk about a team that's just one year removed from finishing 1-11 under the previous Colorado coaching staff that has completely revitalized the program. The Deion Sanders era opened with the Buffalo's first road victory over a top 20 team in 21 years. Colorado coming out of the gates, clicking on all cylinders, is going to have an impact on the recruiting trail as well. Let's start the show. Like this video and subscribe to the new On3 Recruits page. We're going to be here throughout the entire fall. Every recruiting development happening will be covered right here on the On3 Recruits page. So subscribe. Let's bring on Sam Spiegelman, National Recruiting Analyst here at On3. Sam Colorado's win over college football playoff runner-up TCU is going to impact recruiting for the Buffs, and we're going to talk about it. But first, five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley, 6'5", 280, the number six-ranked defensive lineman in America in the 22nd best player overall. He came off the board on Friday, choosing Texas A&M over LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, and Ohio State. Texas A&M adds their second five-star recruit to their 24 class. How did they do it? Yeah, that's their second five-star and, and a really huge piece along the defensive line. And they may not be done on that front. We'll get more into that later. But um, this was a really interesting recruitment, Josh. What I learned was Dominic McKinley made this decision about a week or two ago. I think Ohio State might have been the team to beat for a good chunk of this recruitment. And people don't realize that. But down the stretch... Um, Dominic McKinley, the five-star D-lineman, was looking for the right combination of academics, D-line coaching, development, and resume, um, and also proximity to home. And College Station was the second closest SEC school to Lafayette, Louisiana. And there, Elijah, Elijah Robinson, who was there for, for Dominic's uh, week one game against LCA, um, one of the best defensive line coaches, not only in the South, but in the country. What a fantastic resume of not only recruiting some of the best defensive linemen in the country, but developing them and, and seeing them go to the NFL draft. Um, I think it was a really close battle between Texas and Texas A&M. And the Aggies went out big going into Louisiana, getting the number one player in the state and also beating out a couple of, of rivals in their in their conference for the five-star D linemen. Sam. Texas A&M wasn't really the favorite in this one. I mean, they were like 24 hours out once everybody started getting wind of Dominic McKinley telling other coaches no. Does it surprise you a little bit that the Aggies were able to close on this one? And who do you think this hurts more, Texas or Oklahoma? Or LSU? Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised because when you think about what was important to not only Dominic, but his family, Texas A&M hit all those those key categories and spades. I mean, in terms of academics, this is a future computer science engineer and, and A&M kicks that out of the can with with their education. You took the parallels between Lafayette, Louisiana and College Station. It's, it's a lot more similar than people would realize. And, you know, for for Dominic McKinley, who wants to play in the SEC, College Station is three and a half hours away. It allows the McKinley family to watch his little brother brother Darius 2026 edge at Acadiana High School on Friday nights and then go out to College Station to see a great SEC game and, and their oldest son Dominic McKinley play on Saturdays 
And I think like, look at Elijah Robinson's resume. Look at the, the, the D line coaches that were involved, Larry Johnson, Todd Bates, Bo Davis, Jimmy Lindsay, and Elijah Robinson. This is a massive win for the Aggies. He's been doing this for some time. Remember he landed a commitment from DJ Hicks a year ago from Oklahoma. Um, now Elijah Robinson goes in, beats out LSU, which is of course uh, the school that you would most likely peg Dominic McKinley for, but really they beat out Texas and Oklahoma to, you know, rivals in the sec conference mm -hmm. both of them had dominic mckinley at the top of their board as far as interior defensive linemen and the aggies come in like you said it wasn't exactly for for months but in the last week or two and and they drive home and and come away with a five-star defensive lineman and a really really intriguing d-line group for this 2024 cycle a huge win on Friday. Not exactly where I thought it was going to go for most of the cycle, but all the late intel did point to the Aggies, and they're able to close. Sam, let's talk Colorado. Our co-worker, Matt Zenitz of On3, caught up with a bunch of P5 coaches after Colorado's 45-42 win over TCU. Some of the replies that Matt got, quote, shocked, one Power 5 coach told him. Quote, mind blown, another said. Quote, People need to be very, very worried, a different Power 5 coach added. Sam, what are you hearing on the recruiting front after Colorado's impressive debut under Coach Prime? Listen, Josh, we talk about winners of the college football recruiting trail every single month on the inside scoop. But as one college source told me yesterday, as the games got underway, this is the second part of the recruiting calendar, and it's time to see how these teams fare on game day. What Deion Sanders in Colorado did was not only beat a college football playoff contender from last year, um, they did it with, with high-flying offense, and their best players shined in the biggest moments. I think it's safe to say that after week one of the college football season, Colorado has two Heisman Trophy candidates in Shadur Sanders and also mm -hmm. Travis Hunter, which you heard Coach Prime you know, uh, petition for on the broadcast yesterday. I think... If Colorado plays like this on Sanders, we already know him and his staff can recruit at a very high level. We are now talking about Colorado recruiting at a major national level because the proof is now on uh, in the pudding on the field. Yeah, you ain't lying. So when Coach Prime took over Colorado, there was a ton of buzz. Really, Colorado owned the offseason. Well, much of the offseason. They owned the entire spring. They got a lot of top recruits out to Boulder to visit. They were the talk of the town. We were on the inside scoop almost every other show talking Colorado recruiting. Then the summer came. I'm not exactly sure what happened in the summer. I think Deion Sanders' health probably had to do with that, but there was no big visit weekend in Colorado. There was no impact surprise commitment in Colorado. There was the, the momentum that we saw throughout the spring kind of, for the most part, died out during the summer, but... <laughs> The game one against TCU brought all that back. And do you think that Colorado will now have a shot to do some damage this fall and maybe even flip some guys that they showed interest in early? Yeah, I think we're already starting to see that come together. Four-star Georgia cornerback Cam Michael is already going to make his way to Boulder next weekend for an official visit. They're going to play Nebraska in what's now shaping up to be a really big game for week two. Listen, Travis Hunter made plays not only at cornerback, but made plays on offense, made plays on special teams. The, the, yeah. the theme of the broadcast was how many snaps this elite, former five-star, number one overall recruit played for Deion Sanders. And at halftime, Deion said, Deion said he was two catches away from being in the Heisman discussion. He is in the Heisman Trophy discussion. And if you're a, a elite skill player, you've already had interest in playing for Deion Sanders. You're seeing how creative he is with Travis Hunter. Um, that's what that's what elite players, elite recruits want to hear. They want to hear that they're going to be on the field 
for as many snaps as they can to help their team win. That's that's basic. And then look at Shadur Sanders. If you're a quarterback in this in this 2024, 2025, 2026 cycle, you're seeing Shadur Sanders do what he did at Jackson State, do what he did at Trinity Christian when when Deion Sanders, his dad, was the coach. He is an elite operator of this offense. And if you're a quarterback, you want to play with with players like Travis Hunter and these uh, elite skill players that Deion Sanders has brought to Boulder. And if you're a quarterback or a skill position player, you're got to be looking at Colorado in a completely different light as the season now continues. Yeah, and talking about looking at Colorado in a different light, 2025 quarterback recruiting is starting now. Guys are starting already. Top recruits are coming off the board at the quarterback position in the 25 class. So with Shador Sanders' performance that he had this week, we got to think that he's on pace to be ready to leave Colorado early. So if you're a top 25 quarterback and you see what they do on offense and you see that the weapons that they have, does this have to start getting your attention? You have to. Um, Shadur, Shadur had a lot to prove in this week one game, and he 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 put everyone on notice, right? Yeah. And I think in, in doing so, you also garner the attention of these quarterbacks. Like you said, Josh, it's only September, but next month in November, we're going to start talking about these elite 2025 quarterbacks starting to come off the board. You know, last year at this time, we were starting to hear about DJ Lagway take a bunch of visits out to the swamp and check out yeah. A&M and LSU. And this is how the story goes, especially in this era of recruiting. Quarterbacks come off the board first, and Colorado's fast start behind Shadur Sanders is sure to catch the attention of these 2025 signal callers. I expect a lot more visits coming up to Boulder to see this offense in person. And then when they start to come off the board, you got to like Colorado's chances. I know the excitement right now around Colorado might be at an all-time high. I mean, this is their first road win over a top 25 team in 21 years. So do you think, what's a better strategy for Colorado? Bring in a bunch of official visitors this weekend against the game against Nebraska and just continue to ride this early momentum or hold on to some of these official visits for November, December and get into those prime recruiting months, no pun intended, where Dion can go out and try to flip some guys. You think they should push now for these official visits or hold on until later in the cycle? That's a great question. You see with Cam Michael taking that OV right away, you're kind of capitalizing, you're seizing the momentum of that week one victory and, and a big mm -hmm. game for week two. I think if, you, if, if you're Deion Sanders, look at how he closed last year's cycle with Cormani McLean. I love the idea. We talked about this on the inside scoop as well. There's a big summer flurry of commitments, but then when November and December hit, that's money time, that's crunch time. And I love the idea of being Deion Sanders with a full body of work underneath him with Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter being in the Heisman Trophy discussion to be recruiting in November and December when it counts. And I will not be surprised to see a couple of flips or a couple of big commitments go in Prime's way. It's a really exciting time right now to follow college football, to follow Colorado football. Sam, thanks for dropping by the inside scoop and talking about the major developments that happened over the weekend. Let's welcome in one of the top uncommitted defensive linemen in the country from Mainland High School. Four-star defensive lineman LJ McCray joins the inside scoop. LJ, big senior year ahead. You guys are making a run at a state title this year. What are you enjoying most so far about your senior season? Um, I mean, I feel like we have a really good group of guys. Like, everybody's super close. I mean, last year we were super young, so now to be seniors, it's a good feeling. All right, you got Georgia, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Those are the final five schools for you, right? Is this the final group? Yes, sir. 
What is it about these schools that made it to your final group? I mean, all of these schools have been like consistently and doing a great job recruiting me throughout this whole long process, especially the the schools that offered me pretty early. So, I mean, I have great relationships with all the coaching staffs and, and all the program. I don't feel like I have a bad decision in my top five, honestly. Is there anyone else that could possibly sneak into this group before you make a decision? I don't think so. Honestly. <laughs> All, right. All right. LJ, which head coach throughout this process have you developed the best relationship with? Ooh. Honestly, I I talked to all of the head coaches like pretty evenly, almost the same amount. I mean, I talked to Coach Billy Napier a lot, Coach Crystal Ball a lot. They probably are the two that I talked to the most, the most, but I talked to often all of them often. All right. Now you took your four official visits during the summer. You get more, but you did take four official visits during the summer. What stood out to you about some of those trips? Um, just the relations. I mean, everywhere that I took the OV, I've been there before. I went there unofficially, so it was just getting up there a second time and seeing if the energy was the same as the first time I met him, and just just getting to hang around the coaches and players. Yeah, you took Florida first, then you went to Miami. What? Tell me a little bit about those two in-state visits. Uh, I mean, I, I, of course, Florida, I've been there a plethora of times, but Miami, I, I, that was my second time going there. I, I really enjoyed it, honestly. I mean, just getting to hang out with the players. The first time I went there was kind of just the coaches and the coaching staff, but I, I really enjoyed myself. All right. Now, a lot of guys are coming off the board already. Why did you decide that you wanted to take your recruitment into the season? Um, Really, it just, the decision really didn't hit me yet, but Honestly, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that I did wait this long to see kind of how the teams pan out this season, and just how the coaches are really developing. I mean, almost every school in my top five has a lot of young guys, so get to watch those young guys on TV and kind of see how those guys are really developing and seeing what the coaches are telling me is really real. All right, and then the second half of June, you went out of state. You went to Auburn and you went to Georgia. What was it about those two trips that stood out? I mean, I have a great relationship with Coach Garrett at Auburn and and. Uh, Keldrick is a D lineman at Auburn right now. Freshman is doing pretty good. So, I mean, I just have a great relationship with Auburn. It's, it's, it's really like a family atmosphere in Auburn. And Georgia, I mean, there's back-to-back national champions. There's not much to not like about Georgia, especially with Coach Scott has going on right there with the defense alignment. I mean, who, who kind of doesn't want to be coached by the best right now? Yeah. With your decision going into the fall, into the month of October, do you wish that you would have saved any of those official visits for the fall so you could have gone for games? Or are you glad that you did it during the summer? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of glad I did it in the summer. I mean, I get to focus just on my team and really just try to win this season out before, I, you know, I'm not really too pressured to go on OVs here and focus on this. Now, it kind of helped me lock in more on my own season. Why did you schedule Florida State for October? Um, they wanted the last one, and I had something to do in the summer, so I couldn't really fit off five in there. All right. How big does location play into your decision? Obviously, the, the three schools from Florida, Florida, Florida State, and Miami are all involved, but also Auburn and Georgia. So what does location mean to you? I mean, none of my schools, any school in my top five are really too far. I mean, Auburn is just an hour away from Atlanta. The flight to Atlanta is 45 minutes, so I mean – so is George as well, but I mean, nothing's really too far. I mean, I put kind of had it that way. I don't want to go too, too far, and I'm really 
not far away from home and two out-of-state schools. So, I mean, this is really isn't the biggest issue, but it's really just the best opportunity for me. All right. College football is back. It started this weekend. When you're sitting at home on Saturday watching football, what do you kind of look for during these games? I mean, now being a recruiter is kind of a little bit different. I mean, I always enjoy watching college football. I mean, I watch it every Saturday, but it's really just to see the D-line and now I kind of watch it a little bit different being like I could really be in their shoes next year, but it's, it's just fun to watch. I mean, who doesn't like watching college football on Saturdays? I agree. Who doesn't watch college football on Saturday? I know I sure do. And everybody that's watching this also does. So as a college football fan, you had to have had an eye on that Colorado TCU game. What did you think of Coach Prime's debut at Colorado? Oh, I enjoyed it. I mean, that was the first game I woke up around 10, 11, turned on the game as soon as I kind of got up. So it was just, I love the energy. The guys, I, they, they went out there and performed. And there's not too much to say. I guess they, they're coming for real. All right, now tell me, when do you have your decision date set? Have you picked a day that you're going to announce? Uh, I don't have a date finalized, but I know it's sometime in October, later October after my birthday sometime, but that, that's where it is right now. All right, do you know in your head where you're going, or are you truly still undecided in all of this? Honestly, uh, every day is is a different school. I mean, I have no, like when I genuinely say I don't have a bad school in my top five, I really love all of my schools in my top five. I have great relationships with everybody. So then what do you need to see? I mean, you've taken the visits and now the season's going on. Is the season really important to you or are the relationships what matters? I mean, again, I have great relationships. I mean, it's, it's, I, of course, the competitiveness in me, I want to be on the winning team. But honestly, it really comes down to the development. But I've been praying on it, so hopefully this is hitting me. Yeah. So what is the most important factor for you when it comes to making this big decision? Um, what, whatever feels right. I mean, if, I, if I'm consistently waking up and saying this, this is where I want to go and God's telling me that's the right decision, that's where I'm going to go. All right. Your teammate, four-star safety, Zay Mincy, he is also highly coveted and considering a few of the same teams that you are, do you guys ever talk recruiting together or even consider playing on the same team at the next level? I mean, of course, we we know it'll be a, a super cool and especially a big thing for for our school mainly and Daytona as well. But I mean, we we just talk about it. And it's like if it if it happens, it happens. But we want to find the best place for us, honestly. All right, LJ McRae, Mainland High School, off to a two and zero start, going to make another run at a state title this year. LJ McRae, appreciate your time. Thank you for dropping by the Inside Scoop. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Tennessee did what they had to do against Virginia on the field this past weekend, and the Vols, they're off and running. Let's talk Tennessee recruiting today and bring on my guy, Austin Price of VolQuest. Austin, Chris Cole commits in a week. We're going to find out if Tennessee is the favorite heading into that decision. But first, I want to ask you about Tulsa, Oklahoma, four-star edge Danny Okoye. Tennessee's been in a good spot for him, visited Oklahoma this weekend. He's expected to be back at Tennessee later this month. Is this coming down to an Oklahoma-Tennessee battle, and when do you think he'll decide? Uh, I do think that's the case. Um, I feel like Tennessee's been in a good spot for Danny. I think Oklahoma's still continuing to push hard, be interested to kind of see what you know his reaction is out of this Oklahoma battle. But I think it's a two-team race. He's going to visit Texas on, this, on the, the 16th. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't feel like that, that the Longhorns are as high up on his board as uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma. So I think it's a two-team race, and I would say sometime early October. 
All right, let's talk about four-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton, one of the fastest rising prospects really heading into his senior year. He's at IMG Academy. He's about to take a tour of official visits. He's got six set for the fall. You know, there's no more limits on how many you can take. So he's taking full advantage of that. Where does Tennessee stand with him? He's about to start this fall tour. Well, it looks like he'll visit here in a few weeks, uh, the, the weekend of the 23rd for the UTSA game. And, um, you know, again, Tennessee's looking to make a big impression. It's a game that, you know, everybody's calling a trap game. I'll say it's not a trap game because everybody's calling it a trap game. Tennessee's <laughs> going to be well aware of who UTSA is going in. So it should be a good atmosphere, um, second overall home game for Tennessee, and uh, a, a chance to kind of leave an impression with the uh, talented tackle from IMG. So I think they're in it to be further in it. They need a big weekend coming up on the 23rd. All right, so biggest competition for Jordan Seaton as you see it right now. Who do the who's Tennessee's biggest comp? Well, I don't know if there is like a like a like you know with with Okoye, you look at it and you go Oklahoma's Tennessee's biggest competition. Yeah. With Cam Michael, you could say Texas A&M or Georgia. But when you're taking six official visits in the fall and you've already taken some back in the, the summer, like it just feels like this thing's wide open. So I'm not sure there is a like you know that guy's definitely you know leaning here or there. I think this thing is totally wide open. Could go a number of different directions. Yeah, I get that. All right, let's move on to Edge Cam Fountain. He comes out of Georgia. Tennessee was in a good spot for him until he committed to USC. Are the volunteers still working to flip Cam Fountain from the Trojans? Well, they're working to get him to campus, and, and mm -hmm. I think that's where it starts. You, you've got to get him to campus sometime this fall. If you're able to do that, then you have a legitimate chance to potentially flip the Southern Cal commit. He had indicated to the staff that Tennessee was in a phenomenal spot when he left here at the end of May, went on his official visit the 1st of June, and committed to USC. So, again, like I think that you know Tennessee's someone that he's always liked, liked a ton, and the Vols are trying to get him here for a game this fall. Until he puts that kind of pen to paper, so to speak, with, with, a, with an official visit, it's kind of hard for me to say that you know, Tennessee's definitely you know, in a spot where they can flip him. But once he gets to campus, I think at that point, I think Tennessee is uh, definitely uh, lurking for Southern Cal. Now, this weekend, Virginia four-star linebacker Chris Cole will announce his decision. He took an official visit to USC this past weekend for their home opener, and he'll be in Knoxville this weekend. What's the latest intel on where Tennessee stands about six days out from a decision, seven days out? Well, I, I've always felt like this was going to come down to Tennessee and Georgia. You know, the Southern Cal visit, he, he went and took it. I just don't see him going that far away from home. Um, that's just my take. Uh, you know, I ultimately think that this is Tennessee and Georgia. Georgia's mm -hmm. kind of had the momentum or had the, had the perceived momentum. Uh, but he's coming back here, and I know that's worrisome to the Bulldogs. You know, I mean, coming in here literally, you know, on the same weekend that you're going to come in, he's going to be here. He'll drive after he plays Friday night. He'll drive down, be here all day Saturday, and then leave Sunday morning, and then announce Sunday afternoon. Um, obviously, Tennessee's going to be the last thing he sees. Uh, first home game should be a good atmosphere. Game's not too early. Mm -hmm. It's at 5 o'clock, so people will be able to have their uh, tailgate fun, and, and it should be a good atmosphere. A real chance for Tennessee to come in here at the last minute and maybe uh, still one away from Georgia. Yeah, but – the way I look at it, Chris Cole visiting Knoxville the same weekend that he decides, I mean, I'm not saying this should be a slam dunk for Tennessee, but are you predicting, Chris Cole, are you expecting Tennessee to be the pick when he announces on Sunday? Just because why else would he take an official visit to Knoxville the same weekend he decides? 
Well, because he set the date, and then Tennessee said, you know, okay, come back and see us one last time, come that weekend. I mean, it, it's not like that, you know, he had it and then set the date. He set the date and then set the official visit to Tennessee after the fact. So, again, I don't think it's a lay down. I think Georgia's very much still in this, but I think Tennessee has a real, real, real opportunity here to close this one out next weekend and, and have two guys from the same high school. Of course, he's teammates with Tennessee running back commit Peyton Lewis. All right. Well, call me crazy, but I think it's a good sign that Chris Cole. You're yelling, follow the visits. Hey, listen, follow the visits is never a bad thing, right? All right. Now that we're we're in these Tennessee Georgia recruiting battles, we might as well talk about four star athlete Cam McKell, top 200 prospect, and he's really an intriguing name because he stars on both sides of the football. But it seems like he's leaning more toward playing offense as this decision nears. Will this help Tennessee, who's also battling A&M, not to mention Georgia? Absolutely. You know, I mean, if if the kid sticks to his guns, and that's to play offense, Georgia's told him they want him strictly for defense, and they don't seem to be backing off that. And at this point in the process, if they did back off of it, I think he would have serious trust issues as to whether they were being honest with him and not just telling him what he wants to Mm -hmm. hear and to eventually move him. So, um, from my from my liking, I think A&M's probably Tennessee's biggest challenge as long as he sticks to his guns on wanting to play offense. If he shifts, then Georgia becomes a heavy, uh, uh, to me, a heavy favorite because I think defensively, um, you know, Georgia probably would be the pick. But if it's staying on offense, I think Tennessee is a really, really trendy pick for him, and the balls are in a good spot. He'll vi- officially visit. It was going to be for the Georgia game in November. Mm-hmm. He's moved it up, coming into the South Carolina game at the end of the month, same uh, weekend that Daniel Coye officially visits Tennessee. So for Cam, this is, uh, you know, rubbers meeting the road. Seems like fairly soon, um, and Tennessee seems to be uh, trendy in that in that competition. Yeah, you can kind of tell that some of these late decisions are happening earlier and earlier because, hey, why not? Everybody else is committing. Yeah, well, people are getting spooked. It's like, you know, I want my spot. I I need a spot. I don't want to, you know, not have a spot. And I think that a lot of schools are kind of leaning on kids that way. Like, hey, if you don't get in now, there might not be a spot for you later. Yeah, and you want to make sure you have a spot at the – at the school that you want to have a spot at. Somebody will always have a spot for you, but it might not be where you want to be at. All right. Talking about coming off the board. Hey, I know 2025, we're still in 24, but 2025 quarterbacks are committing. And the Vols, have they identified who their top target is in 2025 at the quarterback position? Yeah, their top couple are, are George McIntyre and Deuce Knight. But for my liking, um, and you know, and you can read into you said follow the visits, follow the coaching visits. Where was Josh Heupel at on Friday night? Uh, first night out on the road, he's in Nashville. He goes to see George McIntyre, and uh, you know, George is someone who you know Tennessee, Alabama, LSU. He's going to see all three unofficially this fall. Will be uh, in Alabama next weekend for the Texas game. I think he's coming to Tennessee for the Texas A&M game uh, in early October. And then we'll go to LSU, Arkansas in November. And, you know, to me, this is still a two-team race. It's Tennessee, Alabama. LSU's lurking, but I think they're a little bit behind Tennessee and Alabama. And you, you'd say follow things. Sister goes to Tennessee. Mom went to Tennessee. Tennessee's obviously made him feel like he's a huge priority. It's not a slam dunk to the Vols at all. Like, Alabama's very much in this. But at the same time, I think that his comfort level with the head coach at Tennessee is his greatest comfort level of all of his relationships in the recruiting process. 
Well, George McIntyre's recruitment, I won't even say it's heating up. It is hot already. George McIntyre expected to be in studio here for an interview with the Inside Scoop this week. I've been communicating with him back and forth. So hopefully I can get a little bit more insight into what George McIntyre's thinking. But regardless, 2025 QBs are coming off the board. So Austin Price from VolQuest, thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop today and talking a little Tennessee recruiting. Appreciate it. Hugh Freeze adds a very, very important piece to the Auburn recruiting class. Let's bring on Jeffrey Lee of Auburn Live to talk about it. DeAndre Carter commits. 6'3", 340-pound offensive lineman from Modern Day High School out there in Santa Ana, California. The first Auburn offensive line commitment in the 2024 cycle. How is Hugh Freeze and his staff able to close on him? Whew. Well, you know, first getting the guy – uh, in the class was huge. I don't know that the last person Auburn signed out of California, at least from high, a high school kid, and they went out there for JUCO, but to be able to go out to be able to go out there sign a high school offensive lineman, a huge priority of need for Auburn. Uh, signing him over Michigan State, signing him over Texas, uh, they really they prioritized this kid back in the spring, but they didn't know their chances. Like how how realistic is it going out to California, modern day of all places, and for Auburn to sign a top recruit? Uh, but they got him on campus in June, really made an impression on not only him, but his, uh, but his parents. And then he, you kind of knew the interest was real in late July when he came back across the country on his own dime to attend Big Cat. And, uh, and since then, it's been basically a, a, a logistics question of when and not if he was going to commit to Auburn. And Auburn fans have been sweating this one out because they know that Auburn needs to revamp that offensive line. And now they can finally take it a little breather right now after landing DeAndre Carter. But I have a feeling Auburn is not done at the position. What's your thoughts on offensive line recruiting right now? Offensive line. So Auburn signed a pretty big class last year in 2023. They, they signed nine offensive linemen. Uh, however, less than half of those guys were uh, high school guys. They went to four, uh, went to the, transfer portal for four guys. They got a junior college guy and two tall Miller. Uh, so they, they only signed five, uh, four high school kids in the 2023 class, including the late addition, Dylan Senda, who, uh, who transferred from Northwestern, but he was a, uh, he was a high school kid. Mm -hmm. So you, I, I'm expecting at least three more. Uh, and they're probably going to have to flip some guys. Now a new guy to keep an eye on is favorite Edwin. He is a three-star. He's very raw, but he's got the uh, the the phys the physicality. I mean, he's six foot eight. He's two hundred ninety pounds. He's uh, his first year in uh, in football, but uh, Alabama likes him, Florida likes him, Georgia Tech likes him. A lot of these schools are seeing what the potential in the potential is with Favor Edwin. So uh, so so flipping some guys, getting a guy like Favor Edwin, uh, and being able to bring in at least four more in this class, I think is going to be very vital for Auburn and the offensive line depth moving forward. All right. The, the season's here. We made it through the long, rigorous offseason. And, you know, Auburn gets off to a great start in week one. But when will Auburn's first big visit weekend of the fall be? I'm looking at that Georgia game. Got, have the, uh, I have the Georgia game circled on the calendar. That's the first big home game. You had UMass, and there were some guys there, mostly 2025 guys. And I'm expecting a, a similar-looking list for Sanford in two weeks. Uh, but that first big home game, uh, Georgia coming into town, I'm expecting them to be ranked number one in the country. 
there's already some official visits getting set up for that weekend. Favor Edwin, the guy I just mentioned, the big offensive mm -hmm. lineman from Georgia, he's scheduled to come in that weekend. I think a couple of commitments. I'm also keeping an eye on Kamarion Franklin, the four-star defensive lineman that committed to Ole Miss over Auburn uh, what a week or two ago. He was he was scheduled to come in for the UMass game. He has postponed, rescheduled, not canceled that visit. So. I've got an eye on him that weekend as well. And I expect probably four or five official visitors that weekend and mm. a, a huge unofficial visitor list. So that Georgia game is going to be really big for Auburn. Yeah, uh, in, not in too far away either. Auburn fans just hang tight. It'll be here before you know it. All right, you mentioned 2025 recruits. Let's talk quarterbacks because some of the top guys are already, if not coming off the board, starting to develop favorites. So sure. speaking on that, has Auburn identified who their top target is at the quarterback position for the 25 class? Uh, two of the names that I've heard the most, and like you said, Josh, these, these kids are coming off the board early. I went and looked, I think four of the top 10 on three industry ranking quarterbacks in the 2025 class are already committed. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, the season is just now getting started. Uh, Auburn got their 2024 commitment back in February in Walker White. So it's, so in the next few months, all of these kids will be coming off the board. And that's what colleges want. They want to get their quarterback early and then start building around him that class. Uh, two guys, uh, two names that I've heard the most right now are Deuce Knight, the number three quarterback in the country in the on-three industry ranking, and then George McIntyre, the number two on-three industry ranking quarterback. Both of those guys from Tennessee. Uh, Deuce Knight just transferred uh, to Lipscomb from uh, from George County, Mississippi. So there's some uh, – so there's some uh, – Similarities there. There's some something to the uh, Hugh Freeze has in common with the uh, with Deuce Knight. He's also friends with Alvin Henderson, uh, a, a top running back target for Auburn in the 2025 class. So uh, and then George McIntyre. I think everybody wants this kid. Yep. Um, but, uh, but Hugh Freeze is certainly one of them. I think George McIntyre, Deuce Knight. If Auburn had their way right now, they would, you know, if they had their pick, it would be one of those two guys. All right, let's switch back to 2024 recruiting real quick. It just seems to me like there's a lot of enthusiasm around Auburn's class right now. How much has it helped to get vocal recruiters on board like a Walker White, like a DeMarcus Riddick, guys that are proud to be Tigers? Immensely important. I mean, it is for any class, but especially for this Auburn class because you don't have a lot of uh, proof of concept right now with this yeah. Auburn program. You've got one game, uh, and that was just yesterday, so – You've got to you've got to you've got to recruit on camaraderie and hope in the future and and what we're going to do uh, together, you know, and, and having Walker White and Demarcus Riddick, Perry Thompson, all those guys working on other commitments uh, that they have a lot in common with, that they have good friendships with, uh, is going to pay big dividends, or it should pay big dividends for Auburn in the future. All right. Well, so far, so good. One and zero Auburn. Big recruiting weekend coming up. Thank you, Jeffrey Lee, for stopping by today on the Inside Scoop. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.